0: sponsor brands is going to be huge shows up right up at the top of the page gives shoppers a hey bam there's my there's there's my brand right in front of you then also with the sponsor products as well it's I would say very important to own those top of search placements as well and just kind of you know taking over the ad placements for your brand.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Schellerwood from Ad Advance, But today, again, I'm joined by Tony Miller instead of Matt. Last time when Tony and I were on, we were walking through key strategies and really kind of just digging into the nuts and bolts on how to set up these major campaigns. And the key thing that we focused on in the last episode was, walking through the details on setting up your core campaign funnel structure. And this is gonna tie into a lot of the other strategies that Matt and I covered in the other previous episode, where we really break down all of these core strategies as we go. So in the last episode, we walked through really the sponsored products campaign setup um, between auto campaigns and manual campaigns. How do we get these structured? What bid types do we use? How do we set our placement adjustments? How do we look for which keywords to use? How do we sort them between broad phrase and exact? What do we put in our product targeting campaigns? How do we set initial default bids for auto campaigns? So as you can see, we covered a lot of stuff in that last episode. So if you want to catch up on that, make sure you go back to the preceding podcast that Tony and I did. And for this one, we're going to keep building on that. So now we've got our base funnel structure built out on the sponsor product side. So now what we want to do is we want to take it and kind of connect it to some other different ad types. We can walk through that. And then we can start working through like some of the more unique strategies that we can implement. This is kind of the foundation, but then there's going to be a lot more product-specific strategies that we're going to want to implement. So I guess, Tony, just starting off, like we've set up sponsored products. Walk me through how we can also tie in some different ad types into that campaign funnel structure and how you look at that.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Hey, everybody, glad to be back here again. So like Joe was saying, you know, kind of left off last week with setting up the sponsored product primary campaigns for our products here, where we've got a funnel set up from the auto campaign, funneling down successful keywords, product targets to the manual campaign, where we've got a heck of a lot more control with them. Um, You know, working in some other ad types within that funnel, we have built into our system, uh, the capability to funnel down yet another level, specifically with product targets into the sponsored display world. So what we're also doing at the same time is, you know, when a a new product target converts in the auto campaign, great, wonderful. We can utilize that in the manual campaign, have a bit more control over it there. But then we take it another step further and saying, Hey, if it's working well in the manual campaign as well we definitely want to utilize that product target in the sponsored display campaign too. You know, not only owning some space on the detail page, uh, you know, down below in, in the similar two carousels, also in those valuable sponsored display placements as well, you know, under the buy box, under the product details, the bullets there. So um, that's another another thing that we work into the mix in funneling our successful product targets to another ad type, you know, really just taking advantage of those best converting targets, making sure that we're hitting it from all angles.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so how we structure this is we, we tend to keep a similar naming convention and we have little different tags and codes that we add to the end of the campaign names. We have it built into our software where we can cross share these different product targets that are working really well, but you don't need software to do this either. You could set it up where you could use bulk files. Um, you could just download the bulk files, find what's working well. And that combined with the search term report, you can funnel different uh, product targets that are working really well down the funnel, or you can even do it manually within the ad console itself. So just know that when you're setting up these campaign funnel structures, having software definitely helps, but know that it's not a requirement as you go. Probably the key thing is to just make sure that you've got a solid naming convention so everything kind of ties together. Even if you're doing it manually, just having that structure really makes things a lot easier overall. And what we found on the sponsored display side is that with product targeting, like Tony said, you get placements below the buy box. You get placements below the bullet points on your detail page. And so these are really cool placements too. They tend to not get as much volume compared to sponsored products, but it can add an incremental amount. And if those product targets are already working well on the sponsored product side, we might as well utilize them on the sponsor display side too. So that kind of completes like our base foundational structure that we have for our campaign funnel structure. Um, so one question that we get is, Hey, like, all right. So you guys came in, Tony, you came in and said like, Hey, let's take all of the gaming controllers and just to reset that too. So we're focusing on a specific example. Tony kind of walk, walk us through this, this company that we have.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we've Kind of created a uh, an imaginary company to use for all of these examples here, um, focusing on selling gaming controllers for the various consoles that are out there, and then also some uh, you know other accessories that go along with the gaming world: keyboards, mice, gaming headsets, along those lines. And I guess for the for the sake of some other strategies too, I think last time we left out the company name so let's get really creative here let's call this thing tony co there
1: you go Yep, yep. super creative i love it (laughs) yep so we've got tony co and we're selling different gaming equipment so focus on controllers but then also on other accessories so in our previous example tony was walking us through setting up campaigns for tony co And Tony, you were grouping different controllers together for PlayStation or for Xbox or for PC. These different controllers had different colors. So I'm sure some people are probably wondering, like, hey what if I want to target somebody who's really looking for like a green controller, but now you just grouped everything together with all the different colors. Like, do I add a green controller keyword into this campaign that has a bunch of different colors? Or how do you take that into account? And really this ties into our attribute specific campaign strategy. So kind of walk us through that and how you deal with pieces like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I would say, you know, a main thing there is is seeing within your search term reports that hey customers are finding my products based on a particular attribute or a specific attribute that you know can be picked out of a a particular variation so like Uh,
1: like colors or like sizing or say if there's different like i don't know you're selling furniture and there's different grain types or wood types or you know all those things that really like separate your variations
0: yeah yep exactly and i mean the idea behind that is you know if we're seeing a lot of search volume for those particular attributes, we want to guarantee that if a shopper is inputting that kind of a search query, we are guaranteeing that they will be shown exactly what they're looking for. You know, for example, if somebody's looking for a green Xbox controller, you know, we don't want to show them a blue one or a red one, or, you know, we we want to make sure they're looking for green, we're going to show them green. So that's where it gets, you know, fun to kind of slice and dice these campaigns based on particular attributes, in this case, color. So I mean the idea here is you know just taking all of our colors breaking them into you know maybe not even particular campaigns but different ad groups and saying okay we've got our base set of keywords that we know work for these for this product coming from our primary campaigns that we've already set up and already gone over here now let's you know append colors or whatever that particular attribute is to those base set of keywords Again, if somebody's looking for that particular thing, we want to show them that particular thing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So walk us through, like, so give a specific example. So I have a green controller, and then I have a blue controller. So how are you setting this up? Like, what keywords are you actually including? Match types, placements, like, what what are you kind of doing there?
0: Yeah, for sure. So with that. You know, we're going to, I would ideally break it out into a a new campaign, a color attribute campaign, we'll say, with various different ad groups based on however many different variations you've got. So let's say, I think last time we had a dozen or 10 different variations, but for the sake of this, let's say three or four, you know, we've got uh, green, blue, red, and yellow. So I'm going to break out my yellow controllers into a yellow ad group, green, blue, red, uh, so on and so forth there. What I'm going to do is take some of our most successful keywords from the primary campaign, those base keywords that work well and look to append that particular color or attribute to you know the beginning the end of those keywords and throw a couple different match types at it as well you know just to make sure that you know we're not just limiting ourselves to exact match keywords where we say for example, uh, Xbox 360 controller. We want to append the the color green to that in the front, in the back. You know, just to make sure that again, if somebody's searching for a green Xbox 360 controller, we're going to show it to them. At the same time, you know, we also want to throw in some phrase match as well, at a minimum, just to make sure that. You know, if people are getting even more granular than that, you know, searching longer tailed uh, search terms, you know, that's going to be useful for us to know that, hey, people are are getting even more granular. That way we can then review those search terms, target exactly what they're searching to find our product. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And so this really gets into the case where. You kind of get the best of both worlds. So in the last episode, we talked about why we group variations together. And the key benefit is that you can consolidate the data as you go and be able to make really solid bid decisions with that data. If we separated each campaign with its individual SKU, you could split up more general keywords like Xbox controller. I mean, we don't want to do that because now we're trying to look at you know individual clicks and individual data for each of the SKUs as they showed up. And so now we can combine all of the data for those general keywords, those general product targets that work really well for our parent listing or the general listing as a whole. But now we can also have separate attribute specific campaigns that target those key things that make those variations different. So, again, when somebody searches for something specific, say they're searching for a certain color controller. We want to make sure that we're showing the right color controller or our ad is not going to convert and we're going to waste a lot of money. So that's one way that we, we kind of combine the two approaches to get the best of both worlds. Um, so walking to another strategy. So let's say, so Tony co it's a leader in the, the controller space and the gaming space in general. And we're seeing a lot of competitors who are targeting our brand. So when somebody searches for like Tony co controllers or just Tony co in general, We're seeing a lot of our competitors pop up. Um, So walk me through different strategies that we can use um, to defend our brand. And for those who want to dig into this more, Matt and I did a full episode on brand defense itself and why we almost all the time recommend it. Um, We're not going to get into the specifics on should or should we not advertise for our brand. So go check out that episode if you've got any questions there. So we're going to assume that we want to protect the search terms when people are searching for Tony Co. with our own products. So maybe walk us through the brand defense strategy and how you implement that. What ad types do you use and how do you set that up? Definitely.
0: So you know almost along the same lines as an attribute specific campaign, I use the example if somebody's looking for a green controller, we're going to show them a green controller. If somebody's looking for your brand, in this case if they're looking for Tony Co. We want to make sure to show them Tony co products, whether that be the controllers, the accessories, you name it, you know, they're, they're looking for our brand. They're familiar enough with our brand. We don't want to risk the competition coming in and and potentially taking some of our market share where, where people are, you know, very familiar with us. So that's something, you know, as Joe mentioned, if applicable, uh, something that we would look to set up for a particular client, um, you know the main idea here is is protecting your brand playing some some defense and and just protecting those sales of the the loyal shoppers that are familiar with your company multiple different ad types we want to use here you know sponsor brands is going to be huge shows up right up at the top of the page gives shoppers a hey bam there's my there's there's my brand right in front of you then also with the sponsored products as well it's i would say very important to own those top of search placements as well and just kind of you know taking over the ad placements for your brand um, you know, to, to get a little bit more specific there, you know, obviously we want to target all of our products, uh, as applicable with Tony co keywords, then you can get even more granular from there too. And, and more product specific again, looking at the search term history is going to be very helpful here in, in determining maybe how you should approach that. So for example, if we're, we're seeing a ton of search traffic for Tony co Xbox controllers, You know, rather than just saying, hey, I'm going to make a sponsored product campaign with just, you know, here's one ad group with all my products lumped in there and a handful of Tony Co. keywords, you know, maybe then it makes sense to take our controllers and break them into another ad group for, you know, just controller specific Tony Co. branded keywords. So on and so forth with the remainder of your product mix, you know, as applicable. Again, just looking at that search term history, seeing what kind of trends you can pick out and, and, you know, use that information to your benefit to best set up your campaigns.
1: Sure. So if we're looking at like just protecting say like Tony Co, they just search for that. They don't provide any more specifics like using sponsor brands to kind of give them a good variety of our products is great. And if we can drive them to the storefront, you know, if they're just searching for our brand, they're probably a little higher up in the funnel. And that's where sponsor brands is going to be great. Let's drive them to the storefront, give them a full idea on what our brand is. We can include lifestyle images there and we can just show them like the full wide range of the products that we offer. On the sponsor product side too, to protect your brand, you're going to have to spend pick specific SKUs that you want to advertise for so if somebody's searching for a very general search term like you may want to like pick some of your top sellers to then put at that they show up for Tony Co but then as we break it down now they say maybe like they say like Co. controllers. Now we can get more specific on sponsor brands and the SKUs that show up are all controllers. It could still drive to our storefront. Typically we see storefronts convert better than product detail pages. You could also focus on like the controller specific parts of the storefront too. And then for SKUs, we're obviously gonna wanna advertise our different controllers um and another you know circumstance would be like tony co accessories well now we can include all the other pc accessories that aren't controller based and all these pieces are protecting our brand really the the key strategy or goal that we're trying to do is make sure that our ads show up instead of our competition at the top remember A lot of people don't even realize that there's ads on Amazon. And so they will just click that first uh, listing that pops up, which is gonna be uh, typically a sponsored product ad, and a lot of people will purchase that. That's why we see Top of Search convert so well for sponsored products. And so by protecting your brand, one, you have really high relevancy. So you're going to get those clicks at a much cheaper rate than your competitors would. And two, you're going to get really good conversion rates because people are specifically looking for you. Yep. I totally understand that we're having to pay some fees to get those clicks and they may have bought from you organically. That's always the trade-off with a brand defense strategy. But at the same time, by protecting that brand, you're making sure that you're maintaining that market share, especially if you have a strong brand like Tony does with Tony Co. Like you want to make sure that you're keeping those competitor or those, those customers there, continually buying from you. So, we protected our brand. So we're using sponsor brands, and some sponsor products to make sure that we're protecting our branded search. How about once they get to the product detail page? So now they click on some of my, we'll say on the PC side. Say they click on like one of my PC controllers. So what can I do there, Tony, to make sure that I'm also protecting my ASIN?
0: Most definitely. So... Kind of along the same lines of, you know, protecting your brand. You also want to protect your products and their detail pages. You know, something we implement called ACE and Defense. Um, probably talked about in other episodes as well. Yep, so definitely, definitely cover that. Out so if you want the whole yep,
1: <laughs> version on what this is and kind of when we implement it. Yep. Definitely check that out in our previous episodes. We'll focus more on like the execution here.
0: For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the way that I look at this is, you know, this is our product detail page. I want to own as much of it as I can. I want to kick the competition off as much as I can, as much as, as is applicable. So this is, is really looking about, you know, complementary products, potentially substitutes as well to be able to own those ad placements on your detail page. And this is going to be through a multiple, I guess, all three of the different sponsored ad types, you know, so for Uh, kind of figuring out how we go about this. You know, we want to be smart in our approach. We want to make sure that we are targeting relevant ASINs with our own ASINs. Um, You know, for example, we don't want to maybe say, hey, I've got this PlayStation controller and I'm going to target it with Xbox controllers. I mean, we're now looking at two totally different shoppers here, two totally different consoles. Yes, we are protecting our our detail page, but might not make as much sense as picking some other ASINs here. So, you know, thinking about the computer accessories, the gaming accessories here, I've got a product detail page that, you know, I've got a mouse here. Um, I know with people who are into gaming computers, gaming setups, you know, you also need a keyboard, you need some headphones as well to go along with the mix. So kind of grouping those products to where it makes sense and saying, okay, now I've got this, this mouse product detail page. I'm going to make sure that my gaming keyboards, my gaming headsets are showing up all over that detail page as well. You know, like I mentioned with all of the different ad types here. So I want to own as many of the placements as I can in the sponsored product carousels as you get down below the details there. But then also with the sponsored display placements as well. You know, it's I, we mentioned a little bit ago how it's valuable to own those placements on successful Product targets of your competition, but you also want to own your own detail page placements as well. You know, they're looking at your gaming mouse as they scroll down, potentially looking to make a purchase, clicking the buy box. They say, Oh, these guys offer keyboards as well, or they have headsets as well. Interesting, you know, it could work great for cross promotion um, as well there. And then, you know, bringing in sponsor brands to the mix too. I would say, honestly, in my experience, we don't see too terribly much traffic from that, but. As you scroll down the detail page, you still see sponsor brand placements, whether that be the traditional sponsor brand ads or something we've seen more recently where they're allowing the video ads to roll on detail pages as well. Very valuable to, again, try to own those placements, try to kick your competition off as much as possible just to, you know, keep those shoppers in brand and top of mind with your brand.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's some of the, and we've covered this in previous episodes, but some of the major benefits with an ACE and defense strategy is that one, they're already on your product detail page. So they're now more familiar with your brand. And so if they are looking through this product detail page and what they're seeing doesn't quite fit what they're looking for. Now, if they click onto other ads that you have, they're seeing your brand again, they're gonna be more likely to purchase. And we definitely see this in the conversion rates for these ACE and defense ads. The other key piece is that you only pay if somebody clicks on it. And so what's really fun is like, if you have a really solid brand with a ton of complementary products, like you can fill up a lot of this, like the sponsored product carousel, and it looks like this fully branded page for you. You know, it's really hard to like like truly like brand a detail page. By using this strategy, you can really help that out. And it, especially if you have really solid branding and it's really unique, you can see that throughout. So we've had some really fun examples where you go on the product detail page and then sponsor display, that placement below the buy box is taken up by, you know, a complimentary product from that brand. And then you go to the sponsor products carousel and you see all of their products. And then you go down and you see brands related to this and it's their actual brand that's on there um so it's really fun to implement this strategy tony in terms of like putting this in place like so you're you're using like the product targeting standpoint to really put these in place like from a bidding standpoint using dynamic down any other changes that you're making there or any other specifics that we should be aware of you know potentially looking at
0: you know kind of similar to like brand defense, maybe starting out with some, you know, a little bit more aggressive bids to try to own those placements. And, you know, of course, as, as performance in the data dictates, you know, you want to make optimizations as time goes on. Then, you know, even looking at the the bidding strategy, you know, sometimes you want to own that placement, even if ACOS, you know, isn't favorable so in some some instances you find yourself switching from dynamic down potentially to fixed bids just saying hey amazon you know for example if i'm bidding a dollar i want to bid a dollar i don't want you to potentially reduce my bid i just you know really want to own that placement on my detail page and then you can also get into looking at the product page placement adjustments you know being a little bit more aggressive there starting off somewhere and then doing you know making optimizations or changes to those numbers based on what the data is telling you and where your goals sit. Sure,
1: sure. Well, so what we've covered up to this point, typically, and I'll just circle back, we were going to do a four-part series on how to prepare for Q4. We're at the end of the fourth and we still have some more strategies to cover. So we are now officially extending this to a (laughs) five-part (laughs) mini-series. Just because we've got a lot to talk about in the actual execution, we wanted to provide a lot of details for that. So up to this point, You know, Matt went through all of the strategies that we implement and within these last two episodes, we've talked through primary campaigns, really setting that up on the sponsor product side and then tying it to sponsor display too, and then going through like the attribute specific campaigns. So these are like setting up for different color variations or size variations or other things that make your variations different from each other and specifically targeting those. And then we covered brand defense and ASIN defense. What we'll do in the next episode is we're going to cover a lot of other strategies too, such as like launch campaigns, ranking campaigns, getting into like the more offensive strategies like conquesting. And then finally, a couple more niche strategies like catch all and seeding. So we'll cover all of these in the next episode that Tony and I are doing. So make sure you keep listening to the Ad Project podcast. And if you're getting value, make sure to connect with me on any social media platform. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, send me a little message. It's awesome to hear feedback. If there's any other things you want to see us cover, love getting that feedback as we go. So again, thanks for taking the time to listen to that project podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode.